The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual guests. is going on my ghost squad welcome to the armed citizen podcast live this is episode number 288 we are live as always on youtube if you're out there in the live chat go ahead and say something we do not know that you're out there unless you do if you want to text into the chat yes you can text into the show utilize the ghost tactical hotline presented by our good friends rod and shelly gates at aegis gun care that number is 530-364-4678 it's scrolling back down below to help you out if you need assistance. For me personally, I need pop-up like picture books. Like when I'm reading, I've got to have a pop-up picture book or I just give up on it. I, I can't do it. So I need all the help I can get. If you're like me, it's scrolling down below. If you're a veteran, really anyone, but especially if you're a veteran and you're in that hole, you're in the darkness and you're looking for that light, Call me, text me, email me 24-7. I cannot give you medical advice, but I can probably be a decent ear, maybe help you through some stuff. Talk. Hey, if nothing else, I could be a damn good listener. If you are looking for someone that can get you into some medical attention, remember two things. One, you are not alone in this fight. You have a lot of brothers out here that are willing and able to help you in any way possible. And two, the world is a much better place with you in it. So please, I implore you, Utilize the Veteran Crisis Hotline, 1-800-273-8255. Once again, 1-800-273-8255. We are spotlighting, as always, the United States Marine Corps. If you have any questions on what it takes to earn the title of the United States Marine, see the website marines.com. And as always, we're a proud member of the Rapid Fire Radio Network and the Self-Defense Radio Network. Go check out all your favorite pro-gun, pro-2A podcasts on both those. It's rapidfireradio.us and selfdefenseradio.net. Let's get this off of my ugly mug right here and say hello to our lovely and beautiful Vanna Whites of the night. All the way from the weird state of Ohio, the only state that has four letters but takes two people to spell it out. Chris from the 740. What's up, homie? How much, man? Thanks for the invite. And uh, we're gonna have some fun tonight. I hope so. It's gonna be a good one. This is this is one that I was looking looking forward to for sure. Uh, from the great state, uh, great, the hot ass dry desert, which I love the desert by the way, state of Arizona. He is standing on the corner in Winslow, saying hi to all the hookers looking for some blow. It is John, the soulless ginger bastard. What's up, man? Hey, what's up? I wasn't oh. in Winslow, but I did go to Tombstone this weekend. So that Tombstone's was a cool place, man. Do they still have like the old timey uh, saloons that are open that you can actually get lunch at? But they all like are dressed up in like costume and all that. Yes, I did that. I actually got to hold the gun from Dirty Harry this weekend. It's at a oh, museum really? in Tombstone. Yes. So what is that gun doing at Tombstone? The guy who owns the museum was in a bunch of movies in that era and just I got, got a bunch of the guns. Uh, so that was one of the coolest experiences I've ever had because there was also like Billy the Kid's trigger finger was in this museum in Tombstone. 
and I was surprised. So, Billy Kidd's was, still alive. So how they still how do they have his finger? Who, I think he's Kidd? 117 years old, but he's still alive oh. in my book. <laughs> yeah. Well, just just for that, hey Chris, OH. Oh, you stop it! I am. Oh my God, stop! Just stop! I'll kick both of your asses out. Daniel has as a great question. He says, uh, "Hey, what's wrong with the state that has a useless nut as a state motto?" Well, you said it. You said it. So yeah. Anyways, uh, from the great state of Texas. Riding shotgun as always, the tactical virus. I mean, uh, Thud himself. What? What's huh? up, man? What? Huh? What? What are we doing? What? I don't know. You tell me. What, You're what kind is... of a big deal, so I'm just, I'm just happy yeah. to be sharing the same space. Right? Yeah. Exactly. And my public service announcement, as my thing says, no crayons were injured during recording this podcast. In case that's people were out there, that's a lie. That's a lie. <laughs> not yet at least we know the yeah. great ones are non-existent at this the point. great ones are gone yeah they're gone i used them to make my my grape flavored water so there you, go. there you go what's going on uh what's the shotgun of the week buddy man let's go high end right okay like, we're talking like we're talking like a bam 83 84 high end or uh, we're talking about uh the blazer f3 competition uh, all of that sounds Greek to me. I'll take your word. Explain that to ignorant people like myself. Um, over and under, very custom, very high end. Well, I don't want to go very high end, but it's high end. It, it, it makes uh, brownings and CZs and Benellis and Berettas look silly. But um, available in 12, 20, 28, 410. I mean, pretty much available in anything. Um, Except for apparently the, uh, the gentleman's gauge. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, starting price around, like I said, around 84, 83, 8,400, somewhere in there. Holy so, shit. so very affordable, very affordable. Wow. Well, for some people, for, for yeah. people with Chris's money, it is, you know, <laughs> you know, inter interestingly <laughs> enough, um, I knew a four H kid and he wasn't in our club. He was a couple of counties over. He was really, really good. Matter of fact, I had him on the, uh, I had him on the next generation show at, at oh, one, yeah. one, okay. one point. Yeah. And, um, Anyway, his last year, his senior year, he got sponsored by Blazer. And I don't remember what – I don't remember what I, – I don't know that it was the F3 that, that he shot, but um, all Okay, the, so all just, the just off the top of your head, like the, the basic stock, like the the most inexpensive – I'm not going to call it cheap, obviously, but the, the most inexpensive Blazer, like what is that going to run? Man, the most a thousand, two thousand, something like that? Oh, man, you're way more than that. You're – you, you've got to be three plus easily. So just a basic yeah. anything. Wow. Okay. Yeah. 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 You're, you're cool. Like I said, it makes the brown, you know, the 12, 15, $1,800 brownings and Berettas yeah. and Nellies and stuff. It, the prices for a blazer make them look silly. Holy cow. But uh, there, they are primo though. Holy moly. But I mean, they, they don't help me. I suck at shotgunning. Yeah, Let's be right. honest. Right. <laughs> I suck at shotgunning, so you know it doesn't matter whether I'm shooting a two hundred dollar shotgun or an eight thousand dollar shotgun. I, I, you know, but I guess I guess there's something to be said about sucking with an eight thousand dollar shotgun. Well, at least got I got a pile of shotgun shells coming your way. So they're already here, bro. They're already oh, here. Oh, oh, how did your UPS driver? Oh my react god, here? I don't know. He dropped them off up the road, actually. So, um, yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't think. Lift? 
Yeah, I don't think he was too terribly happy with that. <laughs> uh, so this is even better. So not only do I screw you, but I, I piss off your UPS guy. That's fantastic. Well, he was it. just like, you know, what in the world's going on here, you know? <laughs> I get it. Yeah. So Gizzard shocked. out there so, says, so oh, I'm sorry, hold on just one second. Well, because I'll forget. I'm not very smart. Uh, Gary says, so people from Utah can spell that all by themselves. They can, but what they do is they use one of their wives to spell out each letter. So there's that. Go ahead, Chris. The Blazer Extra Exclusive, $28,000. Blazer. He's from Ohio. He can't freaking pronounce Come it. Come on. Never even heard of this shotgun until you he Yankee. brought it up. You Yankee. Blazer. Yeah, they, they get pricey. I've seen Blazers 30 and 40 grand before. Yeah. So... Chris, have you heard a story for about Buck at Wanamaker a couple years ago? My favorite Wanamaker story ever. The whole time he's talking about he wants to get himself a 357 Magnum lever action. He found one too, and he he found a bunch of them, but he we, all of them are like expensive as hell, like at least four or five grand, right? So he finds one. He goes, "Oh man, I found it." And it's only 350 bucks. This is beautiful. I'm like, oh, crap. Let me go over there and look at it. Because I might bite in front of you, you know, uh, just to piss them off. Um, and I look at it, and it is a beautiful, beautiful lever action rifle. And I look at it, and I look at the price tag, and I said, Buck, um, those two zeros at the end are not the cents. That's part of the price. That's $35,000. He's like, oh, I didn't find it then. So, yeah, that's my favorite Buck story. Uh, Sunthrax, I love it. I don't know that name. Welcome to the channel. Welcome to the dark side. We promise that we're going to try to make you not as dumb, but uh, we can't promise you anything. We're not promising to make you any smarter either. But he says, I turned 21 in this upcoming November, and I want to conceal carry. Fantastic, young man. That is one of the coolest things I've heard in a long time. So uh, do, it. do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. So you have a lot of people on this chat uh, and in the audience and, and, and a lot of people out there that are more than happy to help you in your journey. All you got to do is reach out, ask questions. This is a great place to ask questions um, for sure, because we can answer them for you here live. And we're going to be talking about some drills that you might might need to use uh, coming up while you, before you carry. So uh, fantastic. I, I, I hope you uh, let us know what you get. If you need any help, like I said, any of us out here will be more than happy to help you and, and steer you in a direction that you might uh, might like something. So I'm not going to tell you what to get, but I can give you some recommendations and let you do your own, let you do your own um, due diligence, if you will. Um, all right. Uh, Daniel says, CZ all the way. You're banned. You're banned. No, no hipster shit out here for CZ. No, I, I don't mind CZ. Um, yeah, but uh, definitely not uh, going to tell someone to go get a CZ. I think, no offense to CZ, I think they're great guns. I think there are things better out there for a young person that will cost much less and get a lot of use out of for carrying. So, um, but hey, if you want to carry CZ, go for it. As Clover said, do it, do it. Uh, you guys know that every Thursday, Saturday, and Monday at 10 a.m. on our YouTube community tab, we have our polls. We're going to call them the Pony Polls um, for Anderson Manufacturing. The Pony Polls. We have fun with them. We like to do a lot of different things with them. Um, and um, so let's get over here real quick and pull the 
questions up. I don't know why it didn't show me how to refresh. Is they didn't show me the results, which is very odd. Uh, that's very odd. But let's refresh here, and here we go. They got it now. So the first one we sent out yesterday. It's got over a thousand votes. And Clover corrected me last night, um, and that's okay because um, he's he, he likes to correct me. But I I, I didn't do it publicly, and now you're no, didn't. airing all the dirty laundry. <laughs> but you know I was going to bring it up when I picked my. Oh toy hell dirty. yeah, hell yeah! I put best ninety sitcom, and apparently a couple of them actually started in eighty nine, which is fine. But everyone knows these as ninety sitcoms. You know, uh, I don't think any of these would be considered. Even the two that started technically in 89 wouldn't be considered 80 sitcoms they're 90 sitcoms but of these of these what's the best 90 sitcom friends that 70s show saved by the bell and seinfeld chris uh, of those four do you have a favorite out of those i gotta go that 70s show oh snap a man with my own heart uh wow i was not expecting the love I love all of these. There I'm not gonna no, lie. Yes, I'm a closet Saved by the Bell fan back in the day. But, there is uh, no, there is no candy in the garage. Yes, it runs on water, man. It's still the great. I, I think that was in the pilot. Is what started, wasn't it? I think that was the very first episode that very I was. First, like, the very first, and water. they ended, and they ended with yeah, that too. They ended it with it too. That's correct. That is correct. Little Serp Duo, what's up, homie? Um, Clover of those four. Um, I guess technically you're only going to pick one of the two. So because you know, yeah. You so you know, it. I'm yeah. going to kick out Seinfeld and I'm going to kick out Saved by the Bell because that's 89 okay. and ain't fair. Uh, so I had friends in that 70s show, both phenomenal. Both can quote. Yeah. I can quote many, many, many lines from each. From every, all four of them, you can. If you go probably. with most, if you go with most popular, um, I've got to go Friends. Um, it was longer running. The actors like got paid 10, 12 years, something like the that. The actors yeah. got paid more money and they all stuck around. <laughs> Tober Grace. Um, and yeah. if you look at guest uh cameo appearances, oh my god, phenomenal. All right, so let me ask there. you this. I know what my favorite one is. What was your favorite guest cameo of Friends? Oh god. Mine had to be Brad Pitt when he hated God. He hated Rachel when they were like, my, my I don't know if they were getting married at the time. Worst, that was my phenomenal. two worst enemies, Rachel Green and complex carbohydrates. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and then Phoebe's like, thank you. I'll hug you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just take off our, your shirt and tell us. Just, yeah. <laughs> Phoebe was my favorite character. Uh, everybody hates Ross. I loved Ross. Um, I, we're, I, you know, before I we love joined, to hate Ross. You know, so the very last episode of Friends and it, Friends in that 70s show. Oh, snap. Bruce Willis. Yes, uh, he was amazing. So he had a recurring thing. It wasn't just a one off. Yeah, he was right? there for a few times because his but daughter oh was dating Ross. Yeah. Just, oh, uh, Keith she, Hernandez she, or Tom Selleck. Uh, and uh, Keith Hernandez in Seinfeld is pretty good. Oh, it was. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Great, now, great Ginger wasn't alive in the 90s, so he might not remember any of these. I'm going to go with him real quick. Do you have one of favorite in one of these? Listen, I was alive in the 90s. You were like two. Being... Bro, I was, I was born 91, so I was like nine. Okay. Anyways, I'm going to go <laughs> with that 70s show because you didn't put the best 90s sitcom, which is Boys Meets World. So... I'm just saying. Okay, I, I think I, I think Topanga, 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 Topanga was 
it was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, Feeney is just. It's Kit. I mean. Yeah. So let me but ask you I, this. The first time you saw Boy Meets World, did you immediately recognize, hey, that's Kit's voice? Anybody else do that? I did. I know yeah. Clover did. Yeah, simply because I was old enough. But yeah. If, yeah. If you, yeah. you probably wouldn't. Yeah, see? See? <laughs> I'll just scroll uh, just, just get out. Get out. Killing me. Yeah. Uh, no, but I will say Tom Selleck is probably the best cameo on Friends. But see, I he don't wasn't consider... cameo either. He was there for a long. He was Monica's yeah. boyfriend for a long I, time. I, I you view know? cameo as one episode, maybe two. Like you know, what I'm saying like maybe two if they're brief. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. But Paul that was a... Rudd was in Friends, who was phenomenal. Oh my god, oh, my it, god. it is amazing to watch Friends go back. And like I said, Friends in that '70s show almost play on loop constantly here at the house. Yeah, and it's yeah. amazing with Friends to see you know it comes and it's like that's Ant Man. You never would have thought back yeah. in the day like he was going to be a superhero, right? <laughs> yeah. But Paul Rudd is hilarious. Oh, Paul Rudd's one of my favorite. Uh, I, I, you know, the when Paul Rudd, I can't remember it was like forty something or whatever it was. But Paul Rudd and Leslie Mann, if you guys haven't watched any Leslie Mann movies, she is hilarious also. But those two together are almost like unbearable because you're just going to stop. You're not going to stop laughing. They're great. Now, uh, we are forgetting a great cameo in that 70s show was The Rock playing his dad. This is true. He did play Rocky. He did. I forgot about that. And that was the one that uh, Red took Eric and the boys and he ended up buying them beers, didn't they? I think you yeah, did. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's a great one. Uh, yeah, the the poll. This was this was as tight as they've been, and this is the first time I ever remember over a thousand votes. We had a tie. We had a tie. Wow. With thirty-two percent each, that seventy so and Seinfeld. You know, uh, there's a lot of people out there that have never watched Seinfeld. Yeah, but, but use. Phrases from Seinfeld, and have no Seinfeld idea. all the time. Absolutely. Never realized. You How many know, people I, have you heard saying the master of my own domain and have no idea where it came from? And, you, know? you know, yada, yada, yada. Yada, yada, yada. And <laughs> all that. Uh, Friends came in at 25%, Saved by the Bell at 11 I kind of figured that. I had a bunch of people that said Married with Children. Married with Children was one of the best sitcoms ever. Unfortunately, that started like in 86 or something like that. So yeah. um, um, it was still going to the 90s, but um, yeah, no. Uh, the second one. Um, for the new Anderson AM-10 rifle in 308, what kind of optic do you think I should put on? I just put red dot LPVO. Not LVPO, right, Clover? LPVO and Correct. scope. Those are three options. Uh, start with you, uh, John. 308, red dot LPVO or scope? I would go with an LPVO, personally. Okay. I mean, a scope right. is also an option, but like a big scope on an AR just looks, even an AR-10 just looks stupid. So an LPVO would be probably a good now that said if if i throw like a bipod on it and make it a competition rifle that would make it look better if i had a bipod on it right i mean you're getting the mall ninja territory right there so <laughs> I'm just saying. I, don't I hear you uh chris what about you uh red dot lpvo or scope for a 308 gas gun so i pers i participated in this poll and i was torn because 
It's 308, so you can really, really push that thing out there if you want to. You can. You yep. can go a thousand yards to 308. So I said scope. that. I would probably go yep. with a scope. Yep. I hear you. Uh Clover, I know where you're going, but you want to go ahead and tell everybody? Scope. Yeah. Yeah. So my initial thought was an LPVO is I've got like five of them. And I was like, oh, okay. But Clover is right. One of the reasons why I'm getting this is the PRS uh, Precision Rifle Series has an actual division in it for gas 308. So you're only competing against the gas 308. So if I use it for that, you're going to push out to about probably seven, eight hundred, six to 800 yards with that one. Um, scope probably going to run a little bit better than an LPVO. Now, can I run both? Probably. Um, but yeah, um, I'm probably going to lean towards a scope now just because I thought, you know, I forgot that I could do that. I could, I could run, um, I could run some competition. Well, you, with could, that thing too, so. you could max, I mean, even at a one to four, one to six or one to eight. Well, LPVO, a one to ten right? for sure would be able to get me out there in LPVO. Is there, sure. is there a one to ten? Is there a one to ten? Oh yeah, they've got a one to ten out there for okay. sure. Yeah, yeah. But but the thing is, you're they're maxed at that. But they're out there. Well, the problem is, at e e either of those maximum magnifications, you're maxed on that magnification, right? Oh so yeah, then, yeah. Then you don't have the additional magnification for ranging and spotting yep. and other things, and that's why yep. I'm scope. Yeah. Yep. Um, and you can get a scope that's got a smaller footprint. That's not the can honking six foot long scope. I mean, absolutely. You can. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt about it. Um, 47% say LPVO 38% say scope and 15% say red dot. You know, I put red dot out there just because, but you know, you think an LPV, uh, John thinks the scope would look interesting or weird on a, on a 308 gas. But a red dot would look even more weird on a 308 gas. So, um, so yeah, there's that. I've got a um, red dot on my FAL. Well, you know, but, but that's know. not a but that's not a AR10 either. So. Sure, yeah. Uh, the next one, 1. 1.6 thousand votes of these. We brought this up on the Ghost and Clover podcast. Uh, of these, what's the best TV car? I said of these. I left a few out. For good reason, folks. We didn't want to have the Batmobile, the General Lee, and Kit going head to head. Now I might do that in a later one to see like who wins the tournament of champions. But for this one, best TV car: eighteen van, the Magnum PI, Ferrari three hundred eight, the Miami Vice Ferrari, or the Starsky and Hutch Grand Torino. Clover, I want to start with you since we did this on the Ghost and Clover. But of those four, do you have a favorite? Well, I say you take the you take the winner of this and then put it up against the other three and see what happens. Well, there you go because I can put four pictures. I will t I will do that. I'll probably do that next week. The yeah. winner of this will go against those big dogs for sure. Of those four, I go with the Robin one. Okay. And shame on anybody who doesn't know which one that is. Chris. I'm going with the A-Team van. I loved that shit when I was a kid. That's a great one. Um, Ginger? You know, that's a tough choice. I'm going to go with the Grand Trio only because I'm a Ford guy, but I pity the fool who doesn't choose the A-Team van. Ballad. I, okay, so I, I said this. 
the Magnum 308 Ferrari to me was the first time I remember seeing a Ferrari, right? That's it's going to have special places like, damn, that is a cool ass car, right? Yep. Um, and I understand why you picked that Clover. Uh, it's, it's an iconic car. The 18 van, man, freaking awesome, right? Freaking awesome. Um, for me, it's Starsky and Hutch, and here's why. And I, I explained this on the Ghost of Clover. Starsky and Hutch was the, uh, you know, I was, you know, it was in the late 70s and all that. I was two or three, four years old. That's like the first, like, TV show that I remember, like, wanting to watch. And the only reason why I wanted to watch it was the red car. Didn't understand what a Gran Torino was. Didn't care. The red car, and they slid across the hood. And I was like, that's pretty cool, you know. Um that all of these are iconic. What's up? May have been the first time anybody slid across the hood. Well, maybe on screen. I don't know. I don't know. But I remember that that caught my eye for sure. And then and then it was also the first thing that I remember seeing cops like take the the siren or the, the light and throw it on top of the hood when it was time to go and chase the bad guys. I was like, oh, they're just putting it on top of their loop. That's pretty yeah, cool. So, yeah. Yeah. The star skiing hoods is pretty cool. Um did we ever meet Robin Masters, by the way? I don't remember Magnum. Was Robin Masters ever shown? Ah, that's a good question. I think so. I don't know. Was he? I, I don't know. So. I think so. I, think I know Higgins. Higgins wasn't Robin, was he? No, but I think so. Okay. I didn't know if he was always just playing the Higgins role and he was actually always Robin Masters, but I don't know. I don't remember. I don't remember Robin Masters ever being shown or whatever. So uh, now F and H says Clint Eastwood's Grand Torino. Well, I mean, can you go wrong with any Grand Torino? Let's be honest. I mean, let's just you know, it is what it is. Oh snap! Buck says Herbie the Love Bug. I didn't think about Herbie. That's pretty cool though. Um, that's pretty cool for a show. Uh, let's see here. The poll, 1.6 thousand votes. And I guess the winner, this was the by far the closest poll we've ever had as far as like the winner and the loser is separated by six percentage points. One to four. Uh, the winner that's going to go up against the Batmobile, we're talking like the 19, late 60s, like, was it like 66 or 67, yeah, whatever that was, yeah. the original yeah. Batmobile. And Kit in the General Lee is the Grand Torino with Starsky and Hutch with 28%. Uh, 26% was the 18 van. 24% was the Miami Vice Ferrari. And 22% was Robin 1 or the Magnum Ferrari 308. Like I said, first to fourth was separated by six points. That's that's a, that's the closest we've ever had, I believe. It's pretty, pretty awesome. Um. Let's see here. We had, do we have another one? I thought we had another one. I put an extra one out there. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. So real quick, it's got over a thousand votes uh, for your AR style rifles. Doesn't mean if it's a 308 or AR 15, whatever it is. Uh, do you prefer an adjustable stock or a fixed stock? Chris, let's start with you on this one. Adjustable or fixed on an AR style rifle? Adjustable all the way. Okay. Uh, Clover. He had to step away. Oh, he had to step out. My bad. Uh, Ginger, adjustable or fixed? Uh, I got to go adjustable. Adjustable? Okay. 
Uh, Hardcastle McCormick has been brought out. Okay. Uh, the Nash Bridges uh, Barracuda would be another good one. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah. We're going to, we'll, we'll, we won't ask Clover because who cares what he says. Um, 89% of you said adjustable stock. So that was a pretty much a home run there. Um, I love me an A2 stock. I'm not going to lie. Uh, simply because the A2 is kind of what I learned to shoot on. I didn't shoot before I joined the Marine Corps and the first rifle I really ever shot. And then I shot some like 22 at a friend's ranch growing up, you know, like cans or whatever, but not a lot. Um, but the M16 A2 is the first, that's how I learned to shoot. And so I'll always have a fond place in my heart for the A2 stock and also the A2 front sight. Um, but I, yeah, I'm definitely going to go adjustable faux show. I just got uh, one of the coolest things I saw at NRAM came in the mail uh, a couple days ago. Uh, talk amongst yourselves for about three seconds. I'm going to go get it real quick. Hey, Chris. What's going on? None. It's, it's 92 degrees today. It's hot. We're just feeling dead air for ghosts. It's like 52 here. I don't want to hear that. Although 92 would suck, too. That's just too No, it's, it's perfect. It's just perfect. You've been living in Arizona too long if you like 92 degrees. That's uh, better than 100 and... 20. Yeah, it's right around the corner for you, too. Oh, yeah, I know. Okay, dead air filled for you, Ghost. There you go. Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, Clover, real quick. AR style rifles, I mean, if it's AR 10, AR 15, whatever, adjustable or fixed stock? Yeah, that's tough. Um, mm, mm. Fixed. I figured you were going to say fixed. You were wrong according to 89% of the vote. So, uh, yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah. No, I, 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 mean, it's I love A2 stock, I, 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 but I, I'm going now with adjustable. But uh, I'm going to bring this in real quick because this is one of the coolest things that I saw. Uh, it's from Valiant Dynamics, and our buddy Ron Riker had it in his booth. Um, it's called the Evolver stock, and it is an adjustable stock. Um, it's mil spec. This one's mil. They have mil spec and commercial. So if, if you if you like that that fix, you can. Uh, that this mil spec is adjustable. Uh, the cool thing about this is this you pull it out and you can rotate, and it's got different texture. Uh, you can kind of see it's got a lip on it. So if you're wearing different clothes or you're wearing a plate carrier or whatever, and you want that lip to fit, whatever, you can just pull this and adjust. And this rotates. I thought that is the coolest thing. He's also a jarhead. Uh, so a uh, shout out to Todd over at Valiant Dynamics. Um, you're you're going to see some videos with this. Uh, definitely one of the coolest things I saw it shot. Um, so uh, go check out Valiant Dynamics and, uh, and all of that. So uh, yeah, when I watched you do that interview, I was like, that was a that's a genius idea right there. It is. It makes the minimalist look bulky. Oh uh, yeah, I mean that is a small, small stock. And like I said, what I love about it is you can whatever you're wearing, you know, and however you want it to fit. Like this thing is just simple. It just pulls out and turns, and you just set that up however you want, whatever's comfortable for you. If you're wearing a kit, 
um, whatever you're wearing, you know, um, you'll, you can find something that's going to, that's going to grip and it's going to hold it in spot for you a lot better. So yeah, it's a really cool thing. I, I didn't know anything about them. They, they just came out, uh, not too long ago and Ron was running it on one of his rifles. I was like, Holy hell. Like off camera I was like, what the hell is that? And he's like, yeah, let me introduce you to him. So he's, he, he sent a text to both of us and, uh, not only we're going to get him on the show, but he's also giving me the Jarhead podcast. So, uh, matter of fact, uh, speaking of Jarhead podcast, Jarhead podcast, episode one of season two will be uh, released um, Thursday afternoon, Thursday afternoon on the YouTube channel and obviously on the podcast forum. Uh, season one guest of the Jarhead podcast is our good friend Kyle at Anderson. A lot of people don't realize he is a, a Jarhead himself. Uh, really got some cool stories to tell on that. And that will be released. I want to do send a shout out to Kyle. Kyle um, had a, had a uh, an inter- interesting day. He sent me a text said he needed to decompress for a little bit. And uh, we love you, brother. Um, I've always told you, hey, call me if you need anything. We all have days where we just need to decompress. And uh, he wasn't feeling it tonight. And uh, I get that. So I want to send a shout out to Kyle. We miss you. And um, maybe he'll jump in the after chat if you feel any better. I don't know. But uh, go check out Anderson Manufacturing, obviously, the pony poles. So, all right. So, um, hold on here. Snob said, I just got the aluminum minimalist stock in from MFT. It is way nicer than the polymer minimalist stock. That's good because I'm not a huge fan of the minimalist stock um, in, in the polymer. An aluminum stock might be pretty interesting. Um that could be kind of cool. Um, so I am looking for a video from Snob on that. So, um, yeah, you guys knew that I took some time off um, from doing reviews this spring after SHOT Show just to kind of myself decompress and get my mindset and get remotivated and all of that. Um, unfortunately for you guys, I've let stuff build up, and I've got about 20 to 23 maybe items now that i'm going to have to start get reviews on so you're going to start seeing a flood of uh different cool things coming down the road and and i tell you you know who's really going to hate me clover is jeff because jeff's getting ready to get about 23 oh, different man. gear report reviews to edit too so that's fantastic i love screwing my buddies like i screwed you with the ammo i love yeah. screwing my buddies but yeah uh so tonight we're going to talk something uh, I love talking this stuff, and um, I got a comment on a video a couple weeks. It was before NRAM, and so I wanted to do the show on this and all of that, and it was talking about, hey, I watched some of your – he was talk, he, he, he commented on one of my Drill of the Month videos and was asking, like, what are, like, the best? Not, like, like my favorite, but, like, it, for the general purpose of of getting training done at the range – uh, what are some of the best drills to do? Um, so I want to take this a different route. Not only want to do that with pistol, but let's also do it with rifle because there is a lot of people when they think taking their rifles to the range, they don't necessarily think about doing drills. Now I'm not talking like tactical drills. You know, you, there are some of the CQB drills, but there could just be like follow, you know, quick follow up shot drills. Um, if you're hunting. You know, you might have to take a quick follow-up shot if, if you've got that, especially with the bolt, getting that racked and, and, and right back into firing position quickly. There, there are drills to do that. So um, let's start with pistol, though, because that's kind of the most common. 
Uh, start with Chris. When you go to the range, you know, especially if you're going where to get ready for a comp, I know you do uh, PCC, so this will probably be more towards the rifle side of drills. But if you're going to the range and you really want to work on uh, your handling, whether it's for carry or not, or just just work on your handling in general, uh, do you have like a couple go-to drills that like are a must that most people should be putting in their in their arsenal? So my training is different because it pretty much any kind of training I'm going to do, because I, I mean, I'm kind of limited on time when yeah we're out shooting YouTube videos. So, I mean, when I'm getting ready for a match, like I got a match coming up this weekend, for instance, yeah, uh, it'll be my first match of the year and I'm actually going to shoot carry optics. I'm not going to shoot. Oh, PC on this. Okay. One. Um, so Friday I went to the range and I practiced strong hand shooting and weak hand shooting. Um, so I would single hand or yeah. So I was putting okay. 10 rounds in shooting five with my left hand. Cause that's my dominant hand and then switching over. Yeah. You're a weirdo. I forgot about yeah. that. Yep. So that that's one thing. Uh, one other thing I do a lot of is mag changes because we constantly yeah. have to change mags. And a lot of guys say, well, even when we're shooting PCC, all you guys don't ever have to change mags. Well, we do because. There's sometimes there's a capacity, yeah. We have a state. We have stages that call for mandatory mm -hmm. mag changes, um, and you've got. And, and a lot of stages will sit there and say, uh, "Reload your magazine to ten or whatever," and you know it's an eighteen or twenty round stage, or right. whatever the stage would be. Like, okay, so I'm gonna oh, I can mag. I can maximize each mag at ten. They do that for a reason because they, like you said, they want to force you to have a mag change. Yeah. So. A lot of my training now revolves around what I've learned shooting USPSA over the last three years. So unless it starts, we'll have to put a mag on a barrel or something 20 feet away from us, run and grab that mag load. Um, but yeah, a lot of, you know, a lot of guys don't train that and uh, sh shooting strong hand and weak hand is, is something you definitely want to add to your arsenal. Um, well, even if it's not for competition, you know, you don't, I don't like talking about the doomsday weird stuff happening, but you have to prepare for it. Um, if you happen to be in a, a self-defense situation where you've got to use your firearm, you know what? I'm not saying you get shot in your, your strong hand, but what if you you're injured or you're having to utilize your strong hand to maybe pick up something or move something and you've got to go weekend with that firearm you need to be able to do that. Now, do you need to be awesome with it? No, but you need to be proficient with it. You need to at least be uh, experienced in shooting with your with your weak hand. I'm not saying your left hand, but your weak hand because your weak hand is your right hand. Um, but, yeah, so I, I love the fact that you throw in mag changes and, and weak hand practice. That's, that's something that a lot of people don't even think about for sure. Yeah, because, I mean, we lose a lot of time on mag changes. So you got to get real, real proficient with grabbing, you know, while that one, while you're hitting that button, dropping right one, there. grab that yep. thing and get it in there as fast as you can. So, yeah. That's what There's you said. Yep. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, I get it. Uh, Clove, uh -huh. we're going to talk pistol drills. Um, whether, whether you're doing them or maybe earlier you know, in your career when you were teaching 4-H and the kiddos, were there certain drills with handguns that you like to either do yourself or make sure that the kiddos were doing on a regular basis to maybe, you know, master a, a skill with a handgun? 
I'm confused, man. You said you said pistol drills. I was thinking maybe Dewalt or Skill or Milwaukee or something. Yeah, um, you know, Thanks. I prefer I prefer a Skill. Um, yeah, yeah. A, a, a Skill circle saw is is or a, a circle saw <laughs> goes great with a a Skill drill. Um, I tell you another one that's really good. Um, and I, and I don't know about you guys. I've seen them. I don't know if they're any good, but I, I hear great things. Um, there is a, a a new line, and, I, and it's a Japanese company, but it's at I think it's at Home Depot. Um, yeah, I'll I shop. Home Depot. Uh, I shop Home Depot because my wife shops there. Because uh, you guys know that I don't ask for military discounts ever. My wife, on the other hand, will absolutely exploit my military discounts, uh, and they give you a pretty good discount at Home Depot. So when she shops stuff online or whatever, it's at Home Depot. But it's like. It's a Japanese, but apparently they're like a lot of the cordless drills now. Apparently they're really, really good. So I don't know. Yeah, there's right. a lot. That, that would not a really it. weird. Yeah, we did. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. So, so you know, you got to realize we're talking, we're talking small bore pistol, and we're talking bullseye. We're talking more precision. So, you know, a lot of it is going to be hold drills. So, a lot of that is just to build up you know, arm strength and, and stuff like that. So, you know, the goal is to, you know, practice, you know, you've got, you know, an arm extended, you're in, you're in proper form and all that kind of stuff. You're going to hold on target. You know, you're going to count up, you know, how high can you count up in other words, or how long can yeah. you wait and, and still fall within the scoring area? Right. Sure. Can you hold yeah. for 10 seconds. Can you hold for 20 seconds? Can you, and you're not going to do that in a match, but I mean, the longer it's you, nice to know that you can do it. Yeah, yeah. You know how long you're able to hold before things stop or start falling apart. Uh, now again, you got to focus on your breathing and stuff like that. Cause if you don't, I mean, um, one of the first things that goes with holding your breath in case you don't know you're out there and you don't know is your vision. Yep. And you know, uh, some people say within three seconds, definitely within eight, um, your vision is, is going to start suffering tremendously. So, you know, those hold drills, um, and that does incorporate, you can do those as well, you know, dry fire type stuff, but, sure. yeah, um, yeah. but live fire makes it a little more fun because you're actually putting around on the paper. And so, you know, I would say that's, that's probably one no. of them. Let's be honest a, a dry fire and a 22 LR is basically the same thing, right? I mean, yeah, well. Um, <laughs> um, you know, another one would be, an, uh, um, and this, see, see this a lot with, um, with speed steel and things like that, mm -hmm. uh, but also is applicable for up down and it's for, um, raising into sight alignment and, and, uh, acquiring that sight picture quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it naturally like a muscle memory thing. So you come up as, you know, as, as smooth as possible. You're not trying to be quick, but you yeah. don't want to overextend. So you want to come up and fire, but when you stop, you can't go up anymore. Right. Yeah. That's, that's the goal. Like you bring it up and if yeah. you're low, if yeah. you're low, you're low, you're screwed. Right. Yeah. So the key is to find the, that, that sweet spot every single time when you raise that, that pistol. And uh, that helps build muscle memory. So that's a couple in that in that context. Anyway. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Um, I will say, you know, people most people know that I don't partic particularly like, nor do I run typically uh, dots on my handguns. Uh, I will say this: if you're new to dots on handguns, like I am, and you're first getting used to them, and you present, you always think that your you know your mechanics are good, and they probably are. But when you present with that first couple times with that dot, you're you're searching for that dot in that optic 
Well, here's the thing about it is, is it can be a dry fire thing, but if you can present every time to where that dot is always there, that's good muscle memory to where your, your pres presentation is going to be consistent. And uh, I mean, you can pick that dot every time. So that might be something to think about when you're dry firing is whether or not you use a dot on your handgun to shoot, presenting every time to where you can see that dot is going to really, you know, hone that skill in. So I don't know. Just think about that. Uh, Ginger, uh, handgun drills that you use or uh, you, you like what people have done so far? You've seen drills that you like or whatever. Yeah. So it's all limitation oh, by word. Welcome home. Yes. Yes. yes welcome home. Uh, it's all by a limitation of where you're at. So indoor ranges, I like to do the body armor drill, which is to the chest, one to the head, to the chest, one to the thigh. I call that the one, the John Wick drill, actually, yeah. is what I call it. Yeah. So there's that. Um, but if, I'm, if I've got the space, I like to do movement drills. You know, as our old yeah. friend uh, used to say, you got to get off the X and you got to move and you got to go. So that's one of my favorite drills. It's, you know, just getting off the X, moving, re yeah. doing reloads. Um, you know, it's going to sound silly, but also multiple engagement drills for his pistol if you've got the ability to do so it's always fun um you know there's there's been a couple fun drills that i've done during class which is which you know cl the classroom environment's a little bit different but i did a drill with fred masterson uh it was opening the door and picking your target so he'd he'd open there was a door you had to open the door there was a target in front of you and then you he would yell at a number and you're AP or one two like, or yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. so that I way you those. knew how to do that um anything like that is always true but the big thing is you know practicing your draw stroke really do it with um you know unloaded first practice your draw stroke and the big thing for drills especially for newbies that i always like to say is it is not a race to your holster do not race to the holster. That is the last thing you want the gun to go. Make sure when you put it in your holster, you do it slow, methodical, and it's in there. Because I've been in a class where somebody kept racing in the holster and they put a round in their leg. And yep. I can't, you know, stress enough that that is not something you want. Uh, no. But that, and if you get a chance, take a class, take some cool classes. Uh, the another drill that was fun, and you don't get to do this normally, but shooting through a windshield. People don't realize um, what, especially windshield glass. Now, window car window glass isn't going to affect trajectory or line a whole lot. Windshield glass, it's going to move that shit around whether you're going in to out or out to in. It's going to it's going to change the trajectory and the alignment of that that shot. So, absolutely, that's a fun one to do. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when the windows are closed. True that. You, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's. Very interesting. Um, for me, there, there's a several that I, I suggest to people. Um, the Bill drill, uh, the, the Bill Wilson drill is, you can Google it. Most of these are on my channel that I've done, like drill the months with or whatever. Uh, but the Bill drill and the Mozambique drill, those are two like kind of constants that I think every, every instructor um, at least will mention those or do a variation of those drills. Those are the two uh, basic drills that I think everyone should do. 
Uh, now, Buck out there was talking about moving around, and so did John. John was about moving around, doing mag changes. One of the best drills that I ever learned was when I was taking a class with Jaeger, uh, goodness, four or five years ago now, um, and they had a barrel, and you start, and you were basically shooting a steel at about 25 yards away. Um, so you're having to, you know, work on all of that, but you're walking, you're doing a figure eight around that barrel the whole time. And when you run out, like you just, you're mag changing, you're mag changing, you're mag changing, and you're trying to hit that steel consistently. Now where you're moving, you know, you're, you're doing figure eight, but you're, you're able to keep, you know, that front side on target. And it's a great drill. So if you like moving, you have a range that has a barrel, uh, more importantly, you have a range that you're allowed to do that kind of stuff. Uh, get a barrel or a trash can or, or a chair, anything, and just do a figure eight around that object and shoot the whole time. Work on your mag change. It's a great drill. Um, for me, it's not necessarily for beginners, but this isn't necessarily a beginner's thing we're talking about. Um, it's just one of those things that for me, though, I will say this. The best drill, if you want to test every part of your, your handgun's ability um you're firing with different things uh the dot torture test it's a 50 round drill and you can literally print out it's an eight and a half by 11 you can find a, a dot just google dot torture target you can print it i've got one on my um, website i've got it on um just look up ghost tactical dot torture test i actually scale it down to a 25 round drill for people that didn't necessarily want to go and do 50 rounds or whatever it's been a whole box uh, i did it 25 rounds so you can literally get two rounds of that drill with one box of ammo but the the actual drill is a 50 round drill uh it's called the dot torture test and you're gonna fire strong hand weak hand you're gonna you know draw and shoot you're gonna do you know double taps all this stuff um you're gonna have to shoot multiple targets we're talking the, the dots are like i i don't know they're probably two inches probably two two and a half inches round there's like 20 of them they're going to tell you you know each one has each number has a thing that you have to do with that number uh, i think that the most comprehensive if you want to find out what your your skill level is and what you need to work on um do the dot towards not every time you go i would say monthly once a month or every couple months every six weeks do yourself a dot torture test to see if your if your skill level is it, it gives like a, a point system and so you know hey this month i shot you know a, a 30 or whatever this month i'm gonna do a, a 35 so i'm getting better or i mean i went down to a 27 this time so um you'll see where not only what how you're doing but it'll also see where you're deficient at that you need to help that score out there now uh, buck out there says a whole lot of dry fire practice that right there is the best drill that anyone can do um, is dry fire, especially for someone new to firearms. You don't have to go to the range and spend a lot of money on ammo. You can dry fire, and, and there's great things like the Mantis. There's there's all sorts of uh, dry firing uh, apps and different techniques and different things that you can utilize to help you make it fun with competitions. Yes, dry firing is probably the number one thing that you can do to help any firearm whether it's you know if, you know, if you're going with a rim fire you might want to get some snap caps and all that or, or something but uh go ahead clover yeah well what about you know i was thinking about dry fire i was thinking about a lot of people you know i know a lot of people sit in front of the tv and 
you know, yeah. they'll, do, they'll do dry fire and stuff that way. But oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm thinking more. We hear a lot of people that buy new handguns and mm. they don't understand break in. Sure. And they buy it and they they bad mouth it, ooh, right out of the box and blah, 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 blah. And they don't understand that you're going to have to get some time in that and, and wear it in and break mm. it in. So, along with dry fire, I would add, especially if you're sitting in front of the TV. Now, obviously, you want to make sure it's clear. Um, yes. You know the magazine. magazine, the magazine yeah, in a way you from don't. Fire you man. don't need the magazine to do what I'm fixing to talk about because yeah. that would actually make it worse. It would, in most cases, lock the slide back, which is what you don't work. But sit there and watch TV and just work the slide, work the slide, work yep. the slide, work the slide, work the slide, work the slide, right? And you know that. Uh, sure, it's not coming back with the type of force that that cartridge is gonna is gonna kick it back with, but. Um, you would be surprised at, you know, a few days, a few evenings of a 30-minute sitcom like we were talking about earlier, you know, sitting there racking, 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 racking. You get 300 how much difference to make. Yeah. Man. Make, it, um, make a world of difference, man. Make a world of difference. And to your point with the dry firing, that also would help on the trigger side of things, too. To oh, 100%. About. Yep. Yeah. And that's a lot of things people don't understand. Triggers get better. Springs loosen up a little bit uh, in the break-in period. It's like a car engine. Car engines, do they run fine right out of the box? Sure they do. You put 1,000 or 2,000 miles or 5,000 miles on a car, and that engine, it starts purring a little bit more for you. Um, I had a gun uh, at one point that every time I shot, the slide locked back. It didn't double feed. It didn't, there was no malfunctions. It just stayed back on every single shot. Um I called Clover. I called other people, and I was like, "Man, have you ever had this happen?" And yeah, my, the spring might just be tight. Didn't even think about that, you know. Boom, boom, boom. You do a couple three hundred racks of that slide. It's amazing how quickly that that spring loosens up a little bit. And is, um, you know, people say, "Oh, there's something wrong with this gun." Nah, not necessarily. Not necessarily. Triggers do get better. Uh, they do get better after a few hundred rounds. So yeah, go yeah, ahead, John. You remember? Go ahead, go John. Ahead. Well, the other thing, and I saw this a lot working behind the gun counter, you got to take off the factory grease. It's not yeah, please lubricant. Yes, please. It's packing grease so it doesn't rust in travel. Yeah. Like, that's the biggest thing I saw with malfunctions, just complaining about a gun out of the box. Take yeah. take it home. Take it apart. Go get yourself it. some Aegis Gun Care Lube now, and just lube it up. Now, Shameless plug. Uh, well, we'll say this, having, you know, reviewed quite a few things and, and done things out of the box, I will usually take them out of the box and fire them just to see. I do too. And I will I'll say. Put, I'll put the first box, uh, at least 50, maybe sometimes 100 rounds, not in today's market, but before, uh, I would do 100 rounds, but I don't know, 50 rounds, just straight out of the box. I want to see what it is for yeah. people that do want to take it right out of the box and, and shoot I'm it. Not, and I'm not disagreeing with, with John as to the purposes of why that's there. That's absolutely 100% accurate. But I think the grease and the lube and stuff that they use for that now is a little bit more conducive of somebody taking it. it it's a little more leadway. You know what I'm saying? It's a little more forgiving. Yeah. I think they right. Well, it depends on the plans or something. But yeah. <laughs> It depends on the company. Like no, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Lock from the factory says take off that grease because that 100%. is not that is yep. to not lubricant. It's yeah. not lubricant. But, yeah, oh, it is definitely is hundred percent for rust. A um, and A out there says 
Uh, I've done many of these drills over the years. The one thing I can't stress enough is to run it slow. Be accurate before fast uh, speed will come. What's the old adage? Slow is smooth and smooth is fast. Mm -hmm. It's true. There's a reason why that's an adage. It's been around forever. It is true. Um, Chris, were you going to say something? No, I was just getting ready to say that. Oh, <laughs> wonderful minds think alike. Wonderful minds. You know, uh, if and you think about this, I, and, I, and I understand the self-defense situation. Mm -hmm. um, I understand the brevity, and I understand that, you know, in that situation, most people that are in those situations talk about time slowing down, and they talk about, you know, all this other stuff. Um, and, yeah, I think... You're right. You want to be as, as quick as possible. I mean, matter of fractions of a second. Fractions of a second. Yeah, fractions of a second matter in a self-defense situation. But if you don't hit the, the target, right? Like, what difference does it make at that point? Like, a missed, a missed target, if you would have taken two or three tenths of a second longer to draw to present to get on target and hit the yeah. target, is much better than missing the target and having to fire again. Yeah. The uh, the ultimate goal, I mean, not, not the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal is to save your life or to score well in a competition or whatever, whatever you're using that firearm for. Um, but the ultimate goal in handling, no matter what the, the application is, the ultimate goal in handling is to get proper mechanics to turn into muscle memory um bobby knight for those of you who aren't sports ball fans bobby knight's my probably my favorite all-time college basketball coach uh and then he says you know i hate when people say practice makes perfect because bad practice makes really bad habits perfect practice makes perfect um so go slow try to be perfect in a slow manner with your mechanics and when it becomes easier your body will naturally speed up and you can kind of start pushing yourself um to speed up those mechanics and those draws those presentations and those trigger presses and all of that uh, all of those things as you get better and more proficient and, and more experienced you will become faster naturally don't try to push that envelope and be unsafe. Um, so yeah, um, for sure. Yes, we do have, yeah, uh, we do have, uh, I want to shout out. Oops. My goodness. There, where'd it go? Uh, here we go. Let's say you need help. No, I pushed a comment and the comments went away. Like if right. you double click the comment thing, it goes away. I'm going to get them back or something. Uh, mandatory carry $5 super chat. Thank you very much. Um, you guys know that we don't encourage, nor do we ask for super chats. They go to or sending uh, care packages downrange. Good Lord. My mind is freaking. He says, keep fighting, fix, call and remind me. So um, I appreciate you, mandatory carry. As always, my friend, I appreciate you. Um, so yeah, perfect practice makes perfect, not practice makes perfect work on those skills, be proficient. Your body will naturally increase the speed. Once it becomes easier, your body will not. And next thing you know, if you take video of yourself on January one and you go, let's say once a week or, or, or two times a month or whatever, but you go to the range and you actually are working on your handling skills and you're doing dry firing every night and all this stuff. You're doing all the things to make your handling skills better. 
and you take a video of yourself on January 1, and then you take a video of yourself December 31st, you're not going to recognize it. It's going to look completely different, and you didn't make yourself go faster. Your body's just going to continuously, once your muscle memory gets there and everything gets better, you'll naturally speed up. Um, but, yeah, I think everyone will agree. Don't try to go too fast right out of the box. Take it slow and easy, become proficient, and then push the envelope a little bit. The biggest thing, you just want to be safe. Um, you know, the, the quicker you get sometimes, if you're inexperienced, the, uh, not just for yourself, but other people at that range, um, safety is key. Safety comes first above anything else. Go ahead, John. You know, you brought that up, you know, you get faster as you practice, but then you come, you got safety is a big thing. You become complacent and then that's when accidents happen. So yep. make sure you're not getting complacent that you're practicing, you're making sure that all the safety protocols are being followed, even though you think you know better as it takes that one time when you mess up. Yeah. I love that. Um, yeah. I, I think the better that you get, the more, I don't know how to put this, the more concerned about safety you should be. Like you said, the better you yeah. get, don't stop thinking about the safety because you think, Oh, I'm better. And I don't have to worry about it because I'm not going to be unsafe. And, I, and I'll tell you people what. that have a years of experience with firearms be unsafe and they, they didn't mean to, but they just were Go ahead. And, and the times I've had, and, and I, I mean, I can't count the number of NDs that I've had, you know, I'm not, I'm not afraid to, to say that real right? quick, real quick. Yeah. I will agree with you. I think everyone on this panel and most people on the chat that are experienced that have been shooting guns for, you know, years or whatever, if they're telling you the truth, Everyone's probably had an ND, but keep it, it does happen. It does happen. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you were unsafe. Sometimes it's just, it happens. Well, I'm not yeah. going to lie. It's because I was unsafe. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Well, I mean, I'm just saying, but not every ND is, is because of unsafeness. It's yeah, just it's not it's, through, it's not yeah. through stupidity, right? It's yeah. through, it's there you through go. negligence, right? It's that yeah. simple. It's what's and, called and a here, negligence. But here's the, here's the beauty. Approach. Here's the beauty when it comes to safety and NDs. That's why I'm not mm -hmm. scared to say that I've had NDs. I've had yeah. NDs and it's scary when you have an ND, but at Absolutely. the end of the day, all is good. Well, why is all good? Because you've got three major safety rules, right? Finger off the trigger. You know, chamber empty unless you're ready to fire, and then muzzle pointed in a safe direction. The muzzle pointed in a safe direction is a, one, is a okay. huge one, right? <laughs> How many times have we had an ND because we didn't realize it was loaded or whatever? We got our finger into the trigger accidentally, but because we were following the, the safe muzzle direction, it was all good, mm -hmm. right? We put a round into the ground or you know whatever the case may be, sure. and, and all was fine. And that leads you, me into what I was going to say. No. Exactly. Okay. Exactly yeah. right. So, my my point with saying that and and you know and admitting that that way because sometimes people are afraid to to, to say that. Um, my point with that is, you develop protocols, right? You develop mm -hmm. a method, right? And sometimes we get in a hurry, and we don't follow out that method, mm -hmm. right? And yep. that's when you that's when you get into trouble, right? So if you've got a regular routine that you go through, whether it's loading or unloading or packing stuff up or putting it away or whatever the case may be, follow that same routine every single time. If you get interrupted, if you're on the range, right, and you got, you know, you're on Not the table. Start over if you have to. You, yeah, exactly right. You've got all your stuff out on the table, right, and you're putting stuff away or whatever the case may be. 
and somebody comes over and they want to look at this gun or they get to talking to you when they leave start from square one completely yep. start your your routine over again just to make sure that everything is good and and to piggyback off of clover you know you get complacent. It's hard to piggyback also. I know on that. it's hard. Yeah, I'm just saying. Your feet are but, gonna be dragging the ground. I know. <laughs> I gotta say. But we've all had, you know, NDs at some point, and the yeah, one that made me really, really complacent, you know, it was a, it was a hang fire, and I'm aiming mm. down range. I pull the trigger, and my first instinct is to get the bad round out, right? Yeah. And then it goes off. My hand is here. Yeah. To go rack. Yeah. You know, because you're 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 taught. You know, in classes, you're taught tap back, rink back, get That's back in right. the fight. The first should be instead of the first thing is tap rack bang. The first would be observe. Yeah, that should be the first right. thing you do before you tap rack bang right. is observe. So I didn't do so. Now it's always thirty seconds. Yeah, and, and, and just and, wait. Yeah, but talking about and, and while you're waiting, keeping that muzzle in a safe position right. as well. Yep, because I've had I've had one where. That was weird. I had one where I dropped the the uh, did the hammer drop on the, the hammer mm-hmm. drop safety on a gun and it went off, but I was in a safe direction at the range. That's a malfunction. Things can happen, and if you I don't can. follow the four rules, now the funny story is Clover's talking about how you know you've got your range routine. I watched them when I was working at the range. I watched a man who got distracted mid routine and instead of throwing out his trash. He put his trash in his range bag and threw out his gun. That because he got distracted. Yeah. They, they, yeah. Yeah. That's just stupid. That's just stupid he, as a stupid does. But yeah, it, you're right. I mean, it does. It wasn't, I, mean, I guess it, it does happen. It wasn't know? like he dropped his gun into the trash can. He yeeted that thing halfway from across the range into the trash can like a three point shot. That's hilarious. That's <laughs> hilarious. Now, I want to bring up something uh, before I do. Chris, you so you wanted to chime in. Go for it. Well, what I wanted to say about, you know, obviously an ND is a terrible thing to have happen. And, mm-hmm. I mean, but we've it's all a scary it. thing since someone's yeah. ever done it either. It's very scary for the first time. And I, not to make it sound weird or anything, but the thing is, it's almost kind of good, a good thing maybe for that to happen at least once to everybody. Because one thing, it, it's something you'll never forget. You always remember that ND. And then things start going through your head. Oh, my kid could have been standing. Uh, 100%. You know, Use it as even a though it was downrange and it's in a safe yep. direction, you start all these things start going through your head. So it actually ends up becoming something that kind of gets burned into your brain. Yeah. And chances are that same ND you had, you probably aren't ever going to have it again because it is going to scar you just a little bit to make yep. you think. Yeah, I don't want to ever, you know, I don't ever want that to happen again. You yep. know, utilizing something like that that is going to be scary. Let's just be honest. It, it, it's scary because the first thing you do, you're, you're looking around like, oh, like everyone okay. You know, even though you know it was a safe direction, your first thought is, holy shit. Uh, but utilize that as a learning and a teaching moment. Um, now, I'll say this. If you're at the range and someone else has an ND, and they start freaking out. Calm them down. Let them understand. Hey, this is if you're if you're around firearms long enough, it's it's going to happen, and it's not going to be the only time it ever happens. But utilize this as a teaching moment. Let them understand. Like you said, learn from what happened. Find out why the indie happened. Were you drawn too fast, or what? What was the problem? Make those corrections to where that particular indie never happens again. Now, that's a great point. Man, uh, go ahead, 
yeah, I was just going to say when you're talking about somebody else and, and trying to you know help them through that issue, I've had to deal with that with kiddos. And oh, imagine, sure, imagine how much a kiddo freaks out when they have yeah. an ND. And, you know, I mean, you're talking about crying. We're talking about 12, 13, 14-year-old boys. So let me ask you guys. like a little baby. And you're like, okay, yeah. listen, your, your, your muzzle was in a safe direction. you got to reassure them that, look, accidents are going to happen. This is why yeah. there's three major safety rules. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just calm down, breathe. It's all good. And, you know, you're worried because, you know, you don't want them to, to bail and, you know, and quit the team or quit. Well, that's you know, what my question it. is. Have you ever had anyone yeah. quit because of one? No, because for a kid, though, that could be something that is, is, it's this distraught. I never, them. I never had one quit. Now, I don't know okay, how many good. NDs that I've dealt with. Um, you know, dozens, I'm sure, you know, yeah. uh, and nothing, nothing catastrophic. And that's, that's, yeah. that's, you know, that's good. one of the good things in the, in the entire history of 4 H shooting sports, which is a hundred plus years or something, you know, there's never been any, any injury related good. to the discharge of a firearm. And obviously death, but in, even injury. And yeah. one of that is the rules of the range and all the, the safety protocols and the, everything else in place that if it happens, right. Um, you know, they're only, most of the time they're only given one round at a time or a few rounds at a time. <laughs> it's mostly slow fire. It's everything's in a safe direction, you know, plenty of, of, uh, people monitoring who's downrange and, you know, who's at the line when people are downrange and all of that. Um, where I was going to go with, with this is I, you know, I'm, I'm in a little bit of a, a weird situation. I know there's other folks out there that are that are the same as me, where the vast majority of my shooting is done, me, myself, and I. At home. Or in the on woods, your, yeah. on the back of the property, on the range, by myself. Yeah. And complacency really sets in in that scenario. When I'm on a range. Yeah, there's, being, no, there's no RSOs at that range except for right, yourself. Yeah, your exactly. own RSO, you being, know being shot show range day, or if I go to a competition or go to this, I, I become hypersensitive to the safety mm. thing. And that's why, because it's like, look, I'm not, you know, I'm not at home. Like Chris was explaining, you know, it may be in a safe direction for, you know, pointing down range for me at the house, but is there somebody down there changing targets? Is there somebody down there scoring targets? Is there, you know, when I'm on another range. So, mm. you know, depending on your setting and your situation, you know, you've got to ramp up the, the, the safety as far as thinking about the safety and, and slowing things down and really making sure. Yep. Uh, great question from Buck out there. Uh, Ghost question for the panel: What dry fire system do you recommend for new shooters? Man, there's so many great ones out there. I, I think I know what probably everyone's answer is going to be. Um, but. I've been using them for years. They're they're friends of the channel. Um, I've worked with them because I use their stuff beforehand. Uh, but you can't go wrong with Mantis. If you're talking about the quality of Mantis for the price that you're going to get, and they have so many different products. They have products for handguns. They have products for rifles. They have uh, uh, you know the university thing where they've got an app where you can uh, do different targets. You've got competitions that you can join a group with your buddies and kind of push each other to do these dry fire challenges and all of that. Um, like I said, there are a lot of, them. I'm sure Chris and, and, and ginger and clover will bring them up for my books. If I was going to say, you know, for the money and the value of what you're getting, I don't think you can go wrong with mantis. Uh, Chris, I'm going to start with you on this one. Honestly, I've never used any of those dry fire. Okay. Um, 
things. I and it, don't have a problem with them. I'd probably no. love one if I got it. I just have my own method of how I do my dry fire practice. Um, yeah. I got a little area in my basement and I'll set up a few, you know, I'll put an old lamp we're not using over here and an old fan over here and then uh, transition around. Um, I, I just, I've never used one, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, you know, I, and Kluwer brought it up before. People, you know, just dry fire or wreck that slide or do something when you're watching TV. I'm not going to lie. There are times when I'll do my dry fire and I'll actually be like watching a movie or something. And every bad guy that comes on the screen, I'm going to dry fire at him. I mean, it sounds crazy, but I mean, for me, I get bored very easily. Okay. I'm, I am, how do I put this? Uh, I'm a squirrel addict. I, I squirrel, squirrel, squirrel. I get, you know, I, I I'm, I'm not very smart. So for me and everything that I do, I, I'm, I'm ultra competitive in life. And most people that know me know this. Like, I'll cut your throat if I can beat you in, like, marbles, right? Like, I'm legit. I'll cut your throat to win anything. Um, so I try to make everything a competition. And that's what I love about Mantis and all and some of these other things. I'm not saying just Mantis, but a lot of these other companies, and Mantis especially, they have apps. They have competitions. They have different things that you can do for that competitiveness. Because for me, if I'm not competing in something, I do get a little bored sometimes. So whether I'm watching TV trying to shoot bad guys or whatever, um, put a target up on the wall, whatever, doing something um, to make it a competition might help you as well. Um, Ginger, bring you in on this one. So Mantis is my choice. And uh, just to show how the competition works, at Faxon, we got Mantis in, uh, and we set up a course in our office. We had the ability nice. to do so. So we just you know competed against each other at lunch and see who could do it and then when we got home you know you it was hey, the leaders gotta go buy uh you know lunch or something for everybody oh, yeah. or whatever yeah but it got it got weird because i was like ah, i'm not gonna use this thing that much no the minute i got a notification that somebody beat my score i'm going right oh back yeah there, go beat them mm -hmm. it's just the alter you know the competitiveness in people and what you don't what you don't think of you're competing but the only way you're going to win or compete is if you're getting better. Um, so, which is a, a really cool thing. A and Ace has a hell of a patch wall, Ginger. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's only going to get bigger too. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Clove, bring you in. Um, dry firing systems or oh, yeah. whatever. So, I think it's glaringly obvious at this point that Manus is probably the most well-known and big dog on the block. It is. It's in, yeah, absolutely. That being said, I'm going to bring up three alternative yep. slash additions, right? And I'm, I'm going to say that because, you know, I've even talked with Manus about this, as well as these other three companies, that, that kind of are in the same space as far as competition. But then again, they can be used in conjunction with each other to make sure. an even cooler experience. Yeah. So one is Cool Fire Trainer. If you're not familiar with that, it's a, you know, you change out your barrel and it's CO2 mm -hmm. charged. So it'll actuate the slide. It's got the laser. It'll record yep. your shots, all that kind of stuff. Very cool. Uh, the second one is called G-Sight. And it's the same way it works off, it works off of a laser. So in conjunction with that, but anyway, they, it uses a cell phone and you put it on your target and it records the shot and they got all kinds of fun style targets and other little games you can play um and then the third is one um called virtual shot 
Now, virtual shots okay. fairly fairly new to the market. Okay? I've never heard of it. Yeah. Maybe they come in like last year. So it incorporates. Is that kinda, the one you had on your podcast yeah, last year? Okay. Uh, yeah, pretty cool. yeah, pretty sure. So yeah. The virtual shot is, is kind of neat because it's actually a mounting system and you mm. mount your phone to your firearm, be it a rifle or a handgun or whatever. And mm. one of the cool things with it is it uses your phone as a camera so you can designate actual targets oh, okay, through cool. your camera. So you could use it out on the range and never fire a single live round even. Yeah. And one of the other cool things is you can build your own range in the app. Like of, virtually, like a, like a virtual range, That's and you're sighting, cool. you're sighting through the phone, right? As yeah. you move the gun, the gyros in the phone will move, right? And you can literally turn and move, and you know whether it's um, whatever running gun or bullseye or whatever it might be, but you can set up targets at various distances, different style mm. targets, whether it's steel, whether it's paper, all kinds of cool things in this app and literally build your own ranges. And you can invite other people through that app to come shoot on your range, which is really yeah. neat, you know, but again, I don't view them so much as competition because all of them do something a little differently. Yeah. Right. And to where you can, if you incorporate, you know, two of them together or three of them together or whatever you get a more what's the word robust i guess dry fire training experience yep now there's a couple more that i want to bring up for like honorable mentions um one of them is probably out of the price range and all of that for most people for what it is and then one is absolutely cheap as hell uh you can go to most local gun shops most of them, not saying every single one in the country, but most of them are going to have it. And there's something like a little 223 cartridge or a nine millimeter, and it runs on a little bitty watch battery type thing. And you and it's a, it's it's a laser thing, to where you put it actually in your chamber of your gun, your dry fire. When you pull that trigger, a little laser dot shoots where it would end up for um, on the wall or whatever you're shooting at. Uh, they're they're cheap and yeah, you can get them pretty much anywhere. If not, you can get them. You can probably get like five of them for twenty bucks on Amazon or something, uh, in different calibers and all that. But it just it just goes into your into your chamber, and when you pull that trigger, a little light flashes. Now it's the same concept as another thing that I want to bring up, and it's called the cert pistols. I'm a huge fan of cert, uh, S I R T, but they're expensive. They're anywhere from two fifty to four hundred dollars depending on the gun. Um, but like, like, let's say a Glock 19 and you're going to shoot a Glock 19 for carry, or you're going to put it in competition, whatever it is, that's going to be your primary gun. You can get a cert Glock 19. It's going to fit in any of your Glock 19 holsters. It is going to have the exact same weight and all of that. And all it is, is you pull a trigger. And once again, a little laser a little flash of light comes out and it just kind of flashes boom 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 so you can kind of set up your own thing you go you can clear your house or whatever drive firing and all of that and you're going to know exactly where your point of impact and all that is um so it's kind of a cool thing very expensive um for something that you actually can't use as a normal uh, firearm but if you're looking for something there is no way to make a mistake and 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 have a problem inside your house dry firing this is not a firearm it's literally it's the same weight same design fits in your holsters you can do everything you want to it is not a firearm it's just a laser gun uh go check out cert uh club you said you got something else go for it 
yeah, this isn't dry fire, but it's something that I just it just it just clicked, and I'm like, whoa, sure. you're, are you talking your backyard or your man cave or you know maybe you got a garage or a basement? Airsoft, airsoft, yeah, airsoft, and you can literally Umarex and all these different companies, uh-huh. like you can literally go find a firearm that's the exact same dimensions, the weight, and all that, yep. and you can go down in your man cave, your basement, your garage, shoot airsoft, and it, it'll manipulate the slide. It'll it'll it'll, it'll work. The manual of arms is identical to your real. Uh, that's a fantastic. I, I don't know why I didn't think of it. That's a fantastic thing to do. Well, it's not technically yeah. dry fire, right? <laughs> it's not, but it, it's something that um, you can shoot inside a controlled space, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. That, that's a great one. That's a great one. Um, anything else you guys want to bring up as far as pistol drills, pistol handling uh, before we move on to rifle? Go ahead. <laughs> I did want to bring up, uh, I forgot to mention, RE Factor Tactical. Do you guys remember those guys? I don't. So RE Factor Tactical, uh, they sell, it's a It's a bit expensive. It's a bit pricey because you're buying a whole bunch of targets. They sell a specialty target, but they also sell a playing card deck that's filled with drills. So no drill is the same. And they just get harder by the, by the, the number. So if it's a higher card, it's a harder drill. Those are fun, especially with friends, because you can challenge each other with these cards. Mm. So um, I yep. don't, they should still be around, I hope. Oh, yeah, they are. You can find them. them. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, those cool. are cool. Um, Go ahead, yeah, what I was going to say is, you know, we're talking mainly semi-auto here, of course. And, and yeah, sure. I, mean, but uh, I, I say handgun, I say pistol, but any handgun, I mean, there's three things you can do with, with rimfire as well. Right, but when we're talking about, when we're talking about dry fire, when we're talking about training, things you need to do, um, one of the things is, if you've got a double action revolver, for example, mm. practice staging the trigger, or staging yeah. the hammer. Practice Absolutely. staging the hammer. I love that, yeah. Um, yeah, because that is an extra step in the manual of arms and revolver versus semi-auto that if you're not accustomed to that, and it's going to increase your accuracy. Absolutely. It is. Um, yeah, that's a great point as well. Uh, ginger, Chris, either one of you got anything else for handgun stuff? I want to say, I want to say more for a drill, but, uh, I did bring it up kids earlier and teaching kids and I, I wanted to bring this story up because it was a good story and it's all about your mindset and how you react so i had a uh an incident on the range when i was teaching kids the uh, we had a round not go off and i picked it up i took it from the kid and instinctively i'm inspecting it instead of throwing it down range there was a hole in the primer and it went off and it burned my hand oh, now wow. now your instant reaction is to go cuss and swear, but in kids, I stay. You got to stay calm and collect. If you act calm and collective when accidents happen, you got to keep. Them, they'll keep calm, and everybody. It, it goes mm-hmm. for anybody. When somebody has an accident on the range, you can uh, yell on the car right home. God, yeah, damn hurt. You know. <laughs> yeah, but if you stay calm and collective, they'll stay calm and collective, and then I just brushed it off. Until I, great, the, until I ran over to the ran over the nurse's station. God. That's solid, not just for yourself, yeah. but somebody else, right? Because what happens when you freak out, right? What happens mm-hmm. when you, you're in shock? What your heart starts pumping, right? And if you if you're cut or let's say or you know, something of that nature, you're gonna bleed more. 
right? Yeah. Like it's it's, mm-hmm. it's going to be a bad situation. So the the calmer you can make the situation, whether it's yourself or somebody else, the better off that situation is going to end up being. I think. Yeah, 100%. I just I just thought that was a good story to bring up because you know if you don't yeah, act that solid. way, people are going to freak out. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, I think you can take that with any situation in life. Um, in general, if obviously you're going to be surprised at certain things, but if you almost expect the unexpected a lot in your life and you're able to control those emotions in a high stress or a crazy situation, yeah, people feed off of that. People are going to stay more calm around someone who's calm. And, and that's just a, that's a great life lesson. Go ahead. I think think about that YouTube video. We're talking about something bad happens and you're calm. You see the YouTube video with the old dude, he shoots himself in the leg or whatever. I just, just shot goes, myself goes, in the I leg. I just shot myself in the leg. <laughs> and you're like, he's not screaming or freaking out yeah. really or anything. Yeah. And the fool just shot himself in the leg. So it's like, yeah. Absolutely. It, uh, that's a hundred. That's a great one. Um, yeah. Uh, the next one we're going to talk, John, is rifle drills or rifle practicing. Uh, once again, I think most people, when they hear firearm drills, they automatically go to handguns of some sort. Um, and, and, and that's predominantly what they probably are. But there are some great drills that you can do uh, with your ARs, with, with I mean, bolt, with with anything. Uh, there's great shotgun drills as well. Um, so I'm going to say long guns. That'll include some shotguns, any kind of rifles. Um, the best one that I well, I should say the best one, the one that I typically use. There's about three of them that I always do when I go to the range. Uh, two of them I always do. One of them I do if it's available. One of them is that we we built a, a tree, a little, uh, and if they've got that out at the range, I will one hundred percent. That gets you at every position, you know, prone, kneeling on, you know, on on, on halfway knelt down or whatever, uh, gets you to shoot from different positions and and, and awkward stuff uh, and all of that. Um, that's one that I always, if it's available, uh, the two that I do every time I pick up, especially my AR. Uh, um, that I always do, and I don't know what it's called. It, this might be the up-down drill. I call it the the, the Ronin drill because uh, I learned it from a, a class with uh, Two Lamb Ronin. Uh, if you guys don't know Ronin tactics, but Two Lamb, so I call it the Ronin drill, and it's basically get your firearm down to like the low ready, and you just bring it up, double tap. Bring it up, get your picture, double tap, and just keep doing that. And all that does is you bring it up as quickly as you can, find that dot or get your sight picture. Boom, 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 get a couple taps down and go down. And you just keep doing that to where, once again, muscle memory. Just boom, 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 boom. And, and you go slow. Go slow as you need to. I actually have a video that I did maybe a year or two ago on the Ronin drill. That's what I call it. It's not really called the Ronin, but I call it the Ronin drill because of two. Um, but, uh, and it's just a real, it's a great little simple drill to just have the low ready. You know, get your sling on if you run a sling or whatever. You just bring it up. You take two shots, go down, go as slow as you need to uh, progress until we get faster. All of this is progress. Go at your own speed. And for you, it might be fast. For others, that might be a man. He's slow uh, or whatever. Go as fast as you can while being safe and being proficient. Once again, naturally, your speed will pick up. The rotor drill is a great one. And then I always do kind of what Chris was talking about with handguns, going strong arm, weak arm. Um, a lot of CQB that I've done in my life, um, most people that haven't done a lot of CQB don't realize, depending on where you are and where, what direction you're going, 
Um, if you're going down a hallway or through a door, you're not going to have it and, and you're a right-handed shooter. You're not going to do this to stay right-handed. What are you going to do? You're going to go left-handed and keep it, keeping your profile behind cover as much as possible. So you need to be able to learn how to shoot uh, left-handed and right-handed with your uh, rifle, especially an AR, especially if you're going to be doing any kind of CQB work. Um, once again, you never know what's going to happen in that Red Dawn situation. Your right arm, your right hand might be injured or whatever, and you're going to have to be able to manipulate and fire that rifle with your weak hand. Um, so I'll always do the Ronin drill, and I'll always do, you know, to the right, switch over, go to the left, go to the right, go to the left, and work both sides. You know, you be more proficient, and you, you start getting used to how to grip it and the transition uh, between right and left um, is as good. Whether you're right handed, strong hand, or weak, it doesn't matter. If you're going two and two and two and two back and forth, you're going to get pretty proficient with that. So those are the drills that I'll always do. Um, let's start with Ginger on this one. As far as rifles, like when you're doing a class with rifles, I don't know if you guys do AR classes or rifle classes. I'm sure you have, but when you do that, is there, are, are there some drills that you always incorporate in your classes? Yeah, so I do the... Um... The Ronin drill, as you just—I uh, don't know what it's called. I just call right. it the Ronin drill. I—I I, I learned it from, from from two, so I don't know what it's called. You Fair. actually might know the actual name of it. I don't know. It might just be the up down drill. I don't know. <laughs> um, I do the uh, I turn off my dot and I do that too to see because hmm. you know great that one. could happen. Yes. Um, another drill I like to do is run between cover and reload, and that mm -hmm. way I. I do a lot of mag retention drills. So a lot of us learn now to just drop that mag. If there's still ammo in it, put it back in the pouch, get your mag retention. Absolutely. Um, I will say this, and this is something that people need to understand, whether you're handgun or rifle, if you're going to be practicing movement between cover to cover, do one thing for the rest of your life. Do not change your magazine unless you're behind cover, please. Unless you 100% have to, but there's no situation that you should have to run dry and do a mag change out in the open. Get to cover, even if it's like a little trash can, something. Do your mag change from behind cover because if you're sitting out there and wide open, they've got free shots at you in that situation. Sorry, go ahead. No, I just popped in my head. Um, so there's that. The other one that I find fun, and it, it's funny because it was an accident and I started incorporating it into my drills, is putting a, you you all know, putting a 30-round mag into an AR filled with 30 rounds is mm -hmm. kind of a no-no because it doesn't always like to seat right. I like to do I always it, download mine. Yeah, I do it on purpose because I want to turn and learn that if I turn and fire and that mag drops, I need to get back to cover put a fresh mag mm. in, don't pick up that mag and go to the next cover. So it, it happened by mistake. I find it kind of, you know, it's that oh shit moment. Cause you want to dump dive down and grab that mag. Cause it's instinctive um, pistol transition with rifle. Always a great drill to transition over um, from rifle to pistol. And then because I'm weird and I can't shoot rifles left-handed, no matter what I do, I have to, learn how to transition rifle to pistol over to the left hand to pie the corner if i need to go 
left. And that's a great idea. If you know, if, if you're practicing and trying to get that left hand rifle shooting down, and for someone like John, somebody it just doesn't work with you. It is what it is. But you're able to proficiently shoot your handgun left-handed. That's a great idea. Say, hey, look, if I'm gonna go right-handed down, transition to my pistol, do that left-handed transition back. Fantastic. Love that. Um I'm going to wait until everyone talks because there's something that I do also, uh, especially for other people. And sometimes it pisses them off, but uh, it's, it's a great drill as well. Uh, you got something else, John? Go ahead. No, that's it. Okay. Uh, Clove, um, yeah. long gun, whether it's shotgun, bolt, whatever, yeah. long gun drills. Well, let me say first that a lot of the stuff for the last whatever hour we've been talking about with handguns applies to long guns, too. It right? does. Absolutely. So, you can do all of these drills with, yeah, 100%. So, you know, just be thinking about that if we don't mention certain things. Um, I'm going to go shotgun, and I'm going okay. to talk about more, you know, the sporting use. I mean, be that bird, you know, with hunting or, or sporting clays. And, you know, the number one thing when you're dealing with shotguns is, well, the number one thing is the shotgun has to fit. And the reason yeah. the shotgun has to fit is because you need absolute 100% repeatability in the way that you mount that shotgun every single time, every single time. You need to be looking down the barrel. Screw the bead. Who cares about the bead? If you if you mount that shotgun properly, that shotgun is going to fire where you're, where you're looking, right? Yeah. And so the first thing to do, um, you know, a cheap way to do it is to find you, especially if you're you're running a 12 gauge. Odds are you can probably find a little flashlight you can throw down the barrel. Yeah. And turn that flashlight on, right? Now that's going to project a beam on the wall, which is similar to a shot pattern. And mm. so what you want to do is you get that new shot gun, or maybe maybe you're even in a gun shop looking at you know a new shotgun. Well, that's one thing to I look hate at. Selling Clover, he has a great idea. I yeah, hate I saying that. So, so let's say you're in a you, you know, say you have a little streamliner, you have something, and and the, the gun shop's okay with you putting that down the barrel. Um, yeah. You know, you can mount that shotgun, and you can kind of see, okay, this does this fit? Is it going to need some tweaking on the stock? You know, or what, mm. what whatever. So don't discount a shotgun because it doesn't fit. You can always use shims or do something and tweak the stock most of the time. Um, but once you have a shotgun that does fit, uh, you can use that same thing as far as repeatability for your mounting, right? Get in the room, put the spot on the wall across the room, mount, you know, turn the light on, obviously put it in the barrel, turn it on, mount, you know, come back down to, to low ready, mount, come back down to low ready, uh, and just practice that over and over and over and over again. I like that. I like that. Yeah, that, that's uh, thinking outside the box and, and doing that in a, in a pretty cheap way because guess what? If you don't have... A flashlight that will fit inside your your shotgun barrel. Single, go to Walmart, a. and you can probably get one at Walmart for a buck somewhere. Oh, you, you absolutely know? can, or or a single triple A um, streamlight micro macro micro or macro stream micro. Yeah, stream. I'm just saying, like, like if you just want to go to the dollar yeah. store or Walmart, you can probably find something for a dollar. Like yeah, to get that done. but a little you know, single you know. double A or single triple A flashlight mm -hmm. usually will fit right in there. Now, I would advise pulling the belt clip off or the pocket clip if it has one. But yes. But yeah, that's that's a great idea. I never even thought about that. Yeah, it's a great one. Uh, go ahead, Ginger. Before I'm gonna again, I'm gonna piggyback off of Clover, which is always a bad yeah, hand. But not he brought your lesson yet. He, back starting to cramp up. I dude. know. He Come said on. some. He Killing said me. something that made me think. It's not quite a drill, but patterning your shotgun is oh, what yeah. a lot of people don't do, and also 
swapping your ammo with a shotgun that is a great drill to swap between slug and buck and slug yep. and just so you know what what you're talking about and also understand with the different yeah. chokes in your shotgun how the spread will react and all of that because those different chokes if you're yeah. if you're new to shotguns and I'm, I'm speaking kind of out of my ass i know i know enough about shotguns to be dangerous i just Dude, don't home really defense like it don't matter home defense i understand matter. that you but i'm just I mean? saying like yeah. in general like even if you even if you don't plan on using one if your rifle come, if your shotgun comes with several different chokes use all of them to understand what each of them do you know um the knowledge will help you decide that but yeah in a home defense if you're talking 21 feet or you know whatever 10 yards yeah you're probably pretty good it's, with them it's not what, opening yeah. up and up anyway exactly <laughs> at that distance yeah yep. uh christopher um bring you in here the man in black we call you start calling you johnny cash man he's always wearing black i never noticed that i just thought about that he always always wearing, it's johnny cash right there hey hello um, i'm johnny cash i'm johnny cash um rifle in your case maybe some pccs um for competition long guns in general or whatever uh some drills that you do or that you've seen or that you try to get people to understand what are good ones so two of my favorite things to practice are so when we shoot uspsa almost every match we're going to have a, a stage that is going to require a virginia count they call it Okay. What that? So let's say we got four targets downrange. We got to fire two rounds into each target. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of people have said before, well, this doesn't relate to real life scenarios. But then my argument always is with this. So what happens is it's a real life scenario. Like, is there a normal real life scenario? Yeah. I mean, you know. <laughs> so what happens is you just shot three stages. So let's say you fire two rounds. One of them goes in the A zone of the target, but you might throw a delta. So your 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 instinctive thing is going to be fire that third round into the A zone so you get a better score on that target. Sure. Now, when you go to Virginia count, you you get two rounds in that target. That's it. You can't. Yep. So if you throw a delta, your instinctive action is I got to throw another round into that target. Well, you just destroyed that whole stage. You lost so yep, many you're points. Done. There's no yep. coming back. So what it does is it forces you to think under stress. And mm. I, that's that's something that I like to practice when we go out. Yeah. Um, my second favorite thing to do is set up barricades mm -hmm. to where I cannot hit that target unless I switch to my weak shoulder. Absolutely. Um, that's something I practice all the time. And, and what happened, I was in my second USPSA match I ever shot. And I had to switch to my right shoulder and I couldn't hit a target to save my ass. And after that, I was like, and I just kept drilling myself and drilling myself. And I still do it to this day, at least once every other month or so, I'll go out and do that where I'll shoot a yep. couple rounds off my left, off my right. Cause it like, I just felt deflated after that. I was like, I got to learn yeah, how to it, do this. It'll, it'll humble you. Like people, you know, <clears throat> I am not, an amazing shot i'm a pretty good shot like pretty good shot when you start trying to go you know, for me it'd be a weak shoulder with left shoulder when you start trying to go left shoulder and and trying to to do all that it humbles the hell out of you quickly which is a good thing because once again i come back to my competitiveness i ain't gonna let this shit beat me 
Um, so that's just me is this and all that. Um, yeah, I, I think that this is firearms in general. Um, this is life in general. Sounds weird. You never know what's going to happen. Have you ever tried to eat dinner with left hand only? It's weird. Like, right. Anything. Right. Weekend. Um, you know, uh, my, I remember my daughter, when she was like 14 or 15, she broke her, her uh, hand and wrist, and she was in a hard castle. She had to learn. It, it wasn't great, but she had to learn to write and to eat and all that left-handed. Um, and that might have been the best thing that ever happened to her, especially if you're in sports, being basically ambidextrous. Um, I had a basketball coach that in practice wouldn't let us dribble anything but our weak hand in practice for a while. It was making us better. But in general, if you're able to to train your weak side to be proficient, it's never going to be as strong as your right side in different, right. In, in different things. But if you can train it to be proficient in everything that you do in life, no matter what happens in life, you'll be able to get stuff done. Um, not at a shooting in a plate rack. I don't understand. Did I miss something? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Clover, what you got? Oh, I don't have anything. Oh, I unmuted, so I figured you had something to, something profound. Yeah. Uh, Chicago I'm, Mike I'm Shooter out there. Out. What's your favorite? Well, what's that? I said I'm profounded out. <laughs> well, we're going to ask you to be a little more profound now. Favorite ah. shotgun to shoot with for the panel? That's a deep uh, okay, then go ahead. You start there, Fud. Uh, I've got a 28 gauge over and under from Yildy's. Uh, my absolute 100%, no doubt, hands down favorite. Okay. Uh, Ginger? Well, I'm reading his follow up comment that says for three gun and at the range. So I don't think that 28 will fit. Well, that just popped up. So well, I, don't, yeah, I, don't, I don't do three gun, and a shotgun range is still. Yeah, I'm going to so. say. Either the 940 Pro from Mossberg or any of the 500, 590, 88, you name it, Mossberg pumps, because those have treated me well over the years. And especially for the price point for the 940, once you get above that, you are talking Benelli, Beretta, mm. you're talking expensive. Absolutely. Uh, Johnny Cash? I love. I love my 1187. Um, mm. It just it runs like a champ. I've done a lot of work on it. It's got a lot of upgrades on it, but well, um, sure. I loved yeah. it when I shot three gun with it. It's, I yeah, it's. I've only got four shotguns, but that's the one that I always want to shoot. Yeah. Um, for me, probably the 590 tactical, the 500 series. But for me, the 590, I like the pistol grip. Um, that's just for me. That's what it is. Um, I love, so I'm, I'm going to preface this by saying when it works, I'm not saying don't go buy it and it might just be me. It might be some of the, 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 the ammo that I'm using. I've got a rock Island armory bullpup AR style shotgun that is fun as hell to shoot when it runs. Um, so yeah, that, that one's a good one. Um, snobby, what's up, bitch? What's up? I'm gonna throw you in under the bus real quick. Uh, favorite shotgun to shoot at the range or for three gun? 
Well, I'm not much of a free gun kind of guy, so I couldn't speak to that. But, so yeah, just I mean, favorite shotgun to shoot, just your, to enjoy, you know. Braden's TriStar trap gun is pretty dang fun. TriStar, there you go. What I'm talking about. So yep. I want to. I'll I'll play. I'll play along with the three gun. You will play the game, all right? Even though I don't, I don't. Even though I don't really shoot three gun. Um, sure. And, and it also follows up on Mike. He says no Benelli fans. So. Yeah, for me, there's a reason. It's not that I don't like the Vanelli stuff, but when you can get the Grisson MC312 Sport for yep. half the price or less, um, that's the exact same action and is a phenomenal shotgun. Like, if I was going to three-gun, without a doubt, that's the one I would snatch up and, and run with because it's yep. amazing. And it's fun so to shoot. I don't, I don't shoot trap or skeet. Um, I don't do any of that stuff. Like, the shotguns that I shoot are just for fun or – for a home defense or if you're working on breaching, I mean, if, if that's your game, um, those are my experience with shotguns. So, um, yeah, that's why I choose a five nine. That's, that's why that was the first shotgun I ever got was, you know, it's, it's a, the 500 series of Mossberg. I don't think for the price, I don't think any, if you're out there looking for entry level or first shotgun, you really can't go wrong with a Mossberg 500 series. Um, they've got different models you can choose with, but you're, you really can't, for the money, you can't go wrong with it. Now, the Benelli's and the Berettas and, and the Tristars and the whatever the hell, a Bowser, a Blouser, or whatever the hell Clover was talking about, $28,000 freaking shotgun. Um, obviously, you can go as high as you want and get uh, as, as high quality as you can get, but if you're just looking for a shotgun that's going to run every time, it's hard to beat a 500 series Mossberg. That's just the way it is. Um, Mike says he's got a Benelli Supernova, uh, Supernova 12 gauge. There you go. I like the Supernova. It's a great gun. It's just too plasticky for me. That's that's just my opinion. So Benelli Supernova, opinion. like I mean, the, the Breda. You know, who likes the old M4? I mean, that, that that's probably a classic. Also, um, the the Breda M4 is. A classic shotgun. I will yeah. say the yeah, Supernova is Supernova way better than the Nova. The Nova is the hardest kicking shotgun on the planet ever. I don't think I've ever shot one, so I wouldn't know. But yeah, it's insane, crazy, stupid. So, but yeah, the Supernova. But man, Benelli, it's like, mm. yeah. Um, bring you in, snob. Um, handguns or rifles? Okay. Um, I don't know if you've been listening or not. We're talking just some great drills that are kind of like the staple drills that you always want to do or you recommend to people, whether it's handgun or rifle or a long gun. It didn't have to be rifle. Uh, long guns or, or, or handguns. Are there any drills out there that you say, man, like this is just going to be a – everyone's got to do this one? Mm, the old to the chest, one to the head thing, you know, yeah. back in yeah. the day. I don't yeah. know. I don't, yeah, know. Uh, I don't know the name of half of them. I'm not real tactical. I know when we trained with the police department, we did the two of the chest, one of the head was like the biggest thing we trained on all the time. Sure. sure. Yeah. You know, like I said, the, the two big ones, the big staples in the world are probably the build drill and the Mozambique. Those are the two that, um, Oh yeah. Um, the Mozambique. Go that. Everyone's going to probably know those or may not know the name of it, but when they see it, they're like, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I know that drill. So, um, yeah. Um, faux shizzle. Yeah, that's uh, my deal. I don't. I don't know names of drills. Yeah, like no, I all. get it. 
I get it. I'm kind of like Clover. I was kind of going with a Milwaukee, but you know, <laughs> right? That's just me. I'm so glad I let you. Actually, I Clover let you in. You son of a bitch. Can we take? Can we take just a quick second here to acknowledge and ask Chris to turn off his camera again? Because I just noticed something when his camera was off. Oh, the one that my new icon at Fox. The, the avatar. Is <laughs> yes, that is awesome. That is, that is awesome. That is pretty good. That is pretty good. I will say that your beard in real life is not that brown, homie. Just saying. It's definitely pretty gray. <laughs> yeah, you, you and Clover could be a little ZZ Top um, if you wanted to. Anyways, all right, hour 47 minutes. If you're still with us live, God bless you. You are not getting this hour and 47 minutes. Probably going to be two hours by the time we get done with the, the recap. You are not going to get your uh, time back in your life, and you're sure as hell not going to get a refund. If you're still watching this in replay or listening to this in podcast form, then I beg you, thank you, first of all, but I beg you, please go see some um, some psychiatric help because if you're listening to this two hours in, then you definitely need to uh, to have some help along the way. Um, I want to give everybody a few minutes. I'm um, we'll start with Ginger, and uh, I know that uh, you've been you've been popping some organizations out there, but I know that this event is what a week or so away. Uh, we're little under three weeks now it's may yeah. may 20th so oh, for some uh, reason i thought it was early may but yeah okay yeah, that's the same thing kyle said the same thing and i was like i don't know uh no see southeastern guide dogs event in oh my brain broke chris help me out <laughs> where where in ohio is that at <laughs> uh newark it's in newark hey, hey ginger I'm all for CBD, bro, but not this early. Just saying. Um, no, it's the it's, thank you. The Southeast CBD. That's THC reference. Hey, I, I wasn't wow. gonna say it. I wasn't gonna say it live. I had. I, I'll tell you all my new business idea in the after chat oh, because God, that's funny. Um, so Southeastern Guide Dog event is going to be May 20th at the Humidor in Newark, Ohio. Um, well, Newark, where? Newark, Ohio. <laughs> okay, that's what I thought you said. Um, so it's going to be, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of giveaways. I've talked to Anderson and a few other people. We're getting some stuff out there for that event, so it should be great. Um, still looking for donations and things like that. So if anybody's you need to contact uh, Ron over at Riker USA, I bet you he'd love to get involved with that. Oh, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll connect you guys if you know. No, perfect. Remember. And for those of you who don't know about Southeastern Guide Dog, it is a nonprofit uh, that gives uh, guide dogs to veterans and their families. The dog is free. The food is free. The vet care is covered. Everything's covered for the life of the dog. And when the dog does have to retire, they get another dog. So it's fantastic. It's, they support them 100%. And then to finish to wrap this up, the high power is greater than the 1911. I'm going to drop mic drop there. I, I agree with that, by the way. Um, I, I do agree with that. Um, there might be some people on this panel or on the chat that will strongly disagree. There's obviously people in social media that will strongly disagree, as you've come to find out. Um, by the way, Clover, great comment back there. I, 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 that's fantastic. Um, but, yeah. 
Um, snob. Wow. Do I even need to bring you in? Because I'm afraid of what you might say. I'm afraid you might be taking Chase's part here. Do I have to mute you, or are you going to be a good boy? Are we talking about fourth trimester, Kev? <laughs> you're, you're an asshole. Uh, I miss Chase. Coming up. I know you got a bunch of stuff from from NRAM and all of that, probably product coming in. Uh, what can people look forward to seeing down the line? Uh, I shot a bunch of videos. I'm just waiting on the editing fairy to show up and edit them for me. Ah, uh, uh, uh. the Clover, he loves Don't editing. call yeah. me. <laughs> I'm blocking snob right now. I shot, I shot like eight videos this weekend, so <laughs> I got some work ahead. That's yeah, all good. I love the editing, but I don't want to do your editing for you, so yeah. <laughs> I love editing too. If it didn't have me going, uh, um, uh, you got to cut all that out. It takes some effort. So why don't you just slow down and not say uh as much, and then you can just edit out. The, he's got eight videos to shoot in two hours. I really don't. Say we'll just slow down your talking. More. Is all I'm saying. Oh, I but he's from Oklahoma. He already talks pretty slow, so I I get it. I always get comments that I talk too fast. Hello, Pot. Have you met Kettle? <laughs> wow! Wow! Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. I throw yeah. shade with love. <laughs> as long as it's not shit, it's all good. <laughs> we saw that in the store earlier. <laughs> that was disgusting. <laughs> that was disgusting. Uh, we had a weird ass group chat that some weird shit. Oh my. That was disgusting. it was shit for sure. <laughs> Literally, that was disgusting. Um, yeah. What did and, I miss? Go check the chat. Look at the NSA chat. <laughs> okay. I realized that earlier. Oh, my God. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Johnny Cass, let's bring you in. I know you probably got a podcast tomorrow night. Uh, what? What? Hey, man, you pumped out a lot of great content in RAM. Um, what are you guys going to be doing? Like, What can people expect from the channel here coming up? So we'll have the Wednesday night live chat tomorrow night at 9 Eastern. Um, and then I'm going to be putting out the review on that uh, red dot that I picked up from Gideon Optics and NRAM. Um, so I have the kind of unboxing video tomorrow and then the review on Thursday. And uh, we had a lot of fun shooting that review. I got Devin from uh, Spectre Solutions out there shooting it with me. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Good time. So. Appreciate the invite. Side chat was awesome tonight. Uh, always love doing this show. So thanks for oh, having thanks me on. Thanks for always coming on, and uh, I always I love having you on. Um, I mean, you're you're part of you're part of the crew now. At this point, you're in. So um, now, understand you don't have to show up every week if you don't want to. But uh, yeah, you're you're part of the crew. So uh, I, I'm proud of the work that you've done uh, the last six eight months that I've known you and all of that. Um, yeah, really proud to see you kind of grow. So, uh, by the way, uh, speaking of growing, uh, this is going to hurt some people's feelings, but um, congratulations. No, it's not get 30,000 subs. So, oh, thanks. Proud of you, man. You you're talking you're about something else. Often, you know, uh, there are people that are going to hate on you, but that's okay. That's what it is. Uh, 30,000 is not. not that's nothing small. So that's a good job. Good job. Uh, my God, would y'all quit? Because I really want to quit w reading the private chat. All right. Anyways, uh, fuck. Sucker. Uh, yeah, I know, right? 
Um, Clove, I'll let you what? close it out. If you were to do awesome. something, <laughs> um, what would you do? Well, obviously, working with a freaking pal of ammo. Thank you very much. <laughs> that's so great. That's, not, that's um, the so if I bring Clay's in a shotgun to your house, are we having a, are we having oh, a fun weekend? Oh, we absolutely need to do some shotgun collab now that I got a butt ton of ammo. I just need to get some Clay's because, you know, my And you need to come down to his place to help him shoot this ammo. You might have to, yeah. Um. So, yeah, I've got, you know, I never got caught up in rim hit and I was behind and I'm sure everybody probably that went to shot probably that way or in rim probably that way. I never got caught up from shot. Right. So, yeah. Um, so I got that. I got some stuff coming in, obviously, from in rim. Okay. Oh, I don't, he, he's laughing at me because I, his, his, his message in private he, chat. Goes, he goes straight to hell. God, the private oh. chat. Crazy. Yeah, probs. Um, so got uh, what three weeks left on the podcast. Got um, right to bear. Uh, okay. Carry insurance tomorrow. And it'll be Sean, interesting to see that because you had a mom really early on a I year or two mom, ago. It'd be yeah. interesting to see where they've grown and all that. You yeah, know? it's gonna be great. Um, yeah, I had them on. Literally met them at shot, and they were like two months or something, maybe mm. into it. Um, and so I know that they've grown with what they offer and some other stuff has, has changed around. So that's going to be cool. So check that out, especially if you're looking for carry insurance and stuff like that, um, and kind of learn about that. And then, um, Thursday is, uh, Sean from, we like shooting. So we'll talk a little bit about, uh, Sean and his journey as a podcaster and stuff, a little bit about farms radio network, I'm sure. And the uh, behind-the-scenes creator stuff in the industry, and no telling what we talk about, quite honestly. But uh, that should be fun. Too. The after chat will be much, much, much more interesting. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Without a doubt. Yeah, Sean's a good. Sean's a good one. Um, Sean's just one of those guys that's just a quality person, quality human being. That um, I don't. I mean, we talk. We talk about people privately and all that. Like, <laughs> has any, oh, yeah. a little bit, has it, have, I mean, has anyone really got a problem with Sean? Like, I mean, I'm sure that people are, but like, I don't know many people that just like say, oh, I can't stand that guy. I don't, I, I've never heard that about I don't Sean. know that I've, I don't know that friend. I've, yeah, I don't know that I've ever heard. Well, now I have a problem with John. Now I've got a big problem. To be fair, he didn't say that he was Sean's best friend. He just said that Sean was his best friend. I think Tiger Woods is my best friend. I don't even know who the hell I am. He's really never even talked to Sean. He just claims he's his friend. Right. Right. Anyways, yeah. Marcus is out there. What's up, homie? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for everybody coming on for us. Like I said, we're going to have a slew of products that's getting ready to just, just the next month or two. It's just going to be just amazing uh, for you guys. If you like content, you're getting ready. Uh, <laughs> fuck you. That's hilarious. Uh, that's funny. I don't care who you are. That's funny. Snob might not think it's funny, but I think it's really damn funny. Uh, anyways, wow. Oh, this is true. I've just yeah, seen that. Yeah, yeah, valid. Good job, Chris. Yeah. Um, anyways, um, yeah. We got a lot of stuff coming up. Like I said, I think it's Thursday afternoon, Thursday evening sometime. Um see, uh season two, episode one 
of the Jarhead podcast is going to be released. And our good buddy Kyle from Anderson is going to be on there. Uh, combat engineer worked a lot of the explosives, has some interesting stories with explosives, as you might imagine. Um, so, yeah, uh, be on the loose for that. Uh, a lot of different stuff. Man. So I got a request for that. Uh, okay, sure. Um, give his opinion on the Hurt Locker. Well, I can do that some other time. Um, I don't do that live, bro. That's a pre-recorded. So. Oh, you've already recorded it. Yeah. So. Uh, okay. Never mind. But next week. Yeah, we'll catch him on here, here one time. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but oh, he was going to come on tonight. Like I said, uh, you know, it, it happens. That was his. Uh, that was his bag. Yeah, it would be inter- interesting because I like uh, that movie. I really do. Uh, that's a great because I never. I didn't think about that. Yeah. But um, yeah, for sure. That would be interesting uh, on the Hurt Locker. Yeah, I'll definitely. We need to do that when he's on here next time. Um, yeah. Once again, guys. Oh my God, it's been exactly two hours. So uh, once again, um, my PSA for the night: No crayons were injured during the recording of this podcast. We'll see you guys soon. Simplify. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening to the Armed Citizen Podcast. If you're interested in all of our videos, reviews, and other podcasts we're a part of, check out our website, ghosttactical.us. You can also find our swag shop, our gear report tab, and all of our promo and discount codes in our blog section. We'd like to thank everyone on Patreon and our YouTube members for supporting all of our projects. You guys keep the lights on and keep us going from day to day. Make sure you get out to the range. Be more proficient with your firearms. Take someone new to the range and make them an ally instead of an enemy. Until next time, Simplify.